This episode contains adult language and topics that may be disturbing for some listeners. Such topics include suicide, drug use, physical or sexual abuse of a child. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Grant. And I'm Erica. And this is From From Crime Crime to to Crime. Crime. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Did you like okay. that? Yeah, that's that's going to be awkward. Now we're going to be all messed up. No, we'll be fine. Eric and I were just talking about different ways to, to start the show, and she came up with that one. So welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, all right. Well, let's get started. What? How? What is your opinion? All right. Well, let's get started. What is your... <laughs> it really threw you off. <laughs> I know. I'm like really messed up. Now. Oh, I love it. So what's your opinion on cruise cruises? You, you like them or don't like them? So I've never been on a cruise. I would really like to go on a cruise, though, and especially to like Alaska and seeing the Northern Lights. So I'm into it. However, I am a little terrified of it, too, because like, you know, middle of the ocean, just kind of floating out there on like that big city in the, the sea. But yeah, I'd be totally into it. But I think I'd be a little afraid of it, too. Yeah. Well, they're also like super dangerous and there's no laws, you know. <laughs> well, you've been on several cruises. What's your opinion of cruises? Um, well, I've, I haven't been on several, but I've been on one. Oh, well, I thought you'd been on a couple at least, but no, okay. I've just been on one and it was a short one. It was a four day to Mexico. So it was not like oh. weeks on the ocean. But well, like when you do that, do you still see land or are you like totally gone? Like you don't even see. I, you know, to be honest with you. The one cruise that I've been on was a bachelorette party and there was like 15 of us or 17 of us or something. And there was a lot of drinking involved. I don't remember most of it, to be honest. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but it was fun. Like, but also I don't think that we really knew how much danger we were in. Like, because they are the whole time. Yeah. Because, I mean, they are kind of dangerous too. Like, we hear about things all the time that happen on cruises. Yeah, people go missing, sexual assaults, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, people fall off. I mean, I get, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess we did know a little bit because we didn't get off at any of the pool. We stayed on the ship the whole time. Could you have gotten off if you had wanted to? Yeah. Well, I oh. couldn't because I didn't have a passport, but other people could oh. have. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't have a passport. <laughs> I'm not terribly surprised by that, but. Yeah. So, wow, yeah, I didn't think about that. So, yeah, you can't get off if you don't have a passport, so. You just stayed on. But did anybody in your party get off? No, I don't think so. Okay. Typically getting off, I think, is where the sketchy stuff starts to happen. But in this case, the sketchy stuff started to happen on the ship. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Amy Lynn Bradley. She was from Virginia and she grew up with her mom, Iva, and her dad, Ron, and her younger brother, Brad. You're not going to make a joke about Brad Bradley? Oh, my God. (laughs) You didn't realize it? I never put it together. (laughs) I don't know why I didn't put it together, but I just never tied Brad Bradley to Amy Lynn Bradley. So his name is Bradley Bradley, we're assuming here? I don't think his name is Bradley. I think it's it's Brad Bradley. Brad Bradley? Yeah, I kind of like it. Do you? Yeah, I do kind (laughs) of. 
Oh my gosh. I went to a, a party not too long ago and the host's name was Tom Thompson. And yeah. I just <laughs> couldn't let it go. I was like, so this guy's name is Thomas Thompson. Like he's Thomas and Thomas's son. Like it's just, there's no creativity there at all. Like, you didn't even try. <laughs> yeah. I had to call him Tom square the whole time. <laughs> whole time. Wouldn't have been able to help it. Oh my gosh. So, so we got Brad squared on this yep. one. That's dang. I like uh, it. Well, Brad, 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 doesn't it sound like he should be like a part of a country club? Like, hi, I'm Brad Bradley. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm running for U.S. Senate. Sounds like a professional golfer to me. Ooh, I could see that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, (laughs) that's actually not that unlikely because Amy and Brad both were super athletic in high school. They lettered in like a bunch of sports and they did really well in school. (laughs) Sounds like Brad Bradley would be really good at lacrosse. Yeah, maybe. He's probably, (laughs) he's really good at everything. So was Amy. She got quite a few different scholarship offers, like for different sports to different colleges, but she chose a basketball scholarship to a university that was closest to where her family lived in Virginia. That's pretty cool. Because they were really, really close. I would have loved a basketball scholarship. I didn't I didn't play yeah. basketball in high school, but I would have loved to have a basketball scholarship. <laughs> yeah. But her and her family were really close. Her brother was only two years younger, and they were super good friends like they were they weren't like the brother and sister who just fight all the time and can't stand each other like we are with our siblings <laughs> <laughs> just kidding it's usually out of love though yeah so in march of 1998 clint black's nothing but the taillights was number one. Oh, i love clint yeah. black i thought you'd like that so amy had just finished college she was 23 she had a steady boyfriend she just got her own apartment And was about to start her master's program. So she was like really getting it together. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, she was starting like a lot of new things. This is when her dad's company decided to send him and his family on a week-long cruise through the Caribbean. And the Bradleys were excited to spend one like almost like last family vacation with their kids because Amy was 23 and Brad was 21. Yeah, they're growing up. They're, They're about to, you know. Embark on their own adventures. Yep. They're about to run off and start their own lives. So Amy was not as excited as her family was. Just like you, she was kind of like, eh, the open ocean, not so good. Not that interested in it. (laughs) Yeah, fair. And her family was like, it's fine, you're a good swimmer. You know, like they, (laughs) everything I've seen was like, that's interesting that she was afraid of it because she was a lifeguard. It's like... I don't think the ocean, yeah. like being scared of the ocean, has anything to do with not being able to swim. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not worried that I'm not going to, like, float if we go down. Yeah. I'm worried about everything what else. after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm like, you could be the strongest swimmer in the world, but if you're 300 miles from a shoreline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not, you're not making that swim. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. So, anyway... Her brother and her dad and her mom finally talk her into it, and she finally agrees, like, yeah, this could be fun. So the family flies to Puerto Rico on March 21st, and they set sail on their cruise. It was a Royal Caribbean cruise, and the ship was called Rhapsody of the Sea. Oh, that's a nice name. It's a like really that? nice name. Rhapsody of the Sea. Yeah, I do like that. It's quite, it's quite the mouthful. You think they play a lot of Queen? 
You have to. I think yeah, absolutely I think you, have you have to. Like, as you walk on and as you disembark, yeah. you have to. Yep. Is disembark the right word for that? I don't know, but I let you fly with it because I don't know. Well, if it's not, tell me in the comments at From Crime to Crime on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. <laughs> so the Bradleys get on the ship and they have a fantastic first couple days. They're drinking and dancing and partying and going to fancy dinners. Like, they're just having a good time. And on the 23rd, the boat docks in Aruba. This is quite the prize, by the way, for, like, selling insurance. Like, this is, like, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And if I remember correctly, the Bradleys, the parents, got the free tickets, and then they paid for their their kids to come, right? Right. Okay, that's what I thought. because they wanted them to come. Yeah. Which is, like, super nice. I feel like if either... One of my parents won a cruise. They'd be like, we're not taking you. (laughs) Good luck. Well, I've got two kids, both a boy and a girl. And if I won a cruise, uh, you're watching them. So (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was like. These parents must really like their kids because I'm like, there's no way. So anyway, that's beside the point. The ship docks in Aruba on the 23rd. And Aruba doesn't have a real good rep now, but this is before Natalie Holloway. So people didn't know how much it sucked back then. This is like still during, while Kokomo was still pretty good and everyone loved Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to Okay, yeah, yeah, I knew you were going to do that at some point in this episode. Just get it out <laughs> of the way. I love the beach. I love the beach boys. I know. So the family gets off the boat and explores Aruba for that like whole day. They just kind of go around and do things. And then they get back on the boat and they go to a formal dinner, like a black tie dinner. I mean, Brad's wearing a full tux. Amy's in a long black gown. Like, it's a a formal dinner. Yeah, they're fancy. Yeah. So after dinner, they go to this party on the upper deck, and everybody has a good time. There was a limbo contest. Brad won the limbo contest. Did he? Wow. Yeah. Brad Bradley's very limber. Yeah. And balance, man. Fuck. I get like, you think I'd be good at limbo because I'm so short, but it's like, oh, no. I've seen you do limbo. Yeah, you don't lean backwards as much as you think you do. I mean, at least I don't, because as soon as I try it, I'm like, oh, wait. (laughs) Yeah. So at about 1 a.m., their parents go to bed, and Brad and Amy go to the, like, 24-hour club that's on the ship, you know, to dance and drink and hang out with other young people. Yeah, I I never knew that these things had 24-hour clubs, but it makes complete sense. Oh, yeah. People are just living on these things. Like, no one's, not everyone's going to bed at 10 o'clock. So, yep. Yeah. I can understand people are just raging 24 7 on these things. That's probably why they're so dangerous. People are just drunk and discombobulated. And, yep. So, around 3 30 in the morning, Brad goes back to the room. According to like the electronic key cards, Amy comes back like five minutes later. And her and Brad go out onto the balcony of their room. And it's a private balcony. You can't access it from, like, it's just for their stateroom. And they go outside to have a cigarette and talk for a little bit because they just got done partying. They're not, like, immediately ready to go to bed. And after a few minutes, Brad's like, okay, I'm going to go lay down. And Amy says that she's going to hang out outside for a little while because she doesn't feel that good. So she wants some fresh air. I've I've never heard if she didn't feel good because of seasickness or because she drank too much or... What? But she just wanted some fresh air. Probably a combo. Do you get seasick on these things? Can you, you feel can. the waves? Yeah. You can if the if the waters are rough, like if there's a storm or anything. 
I feel like not generally, like if everything's calm in the way it's supposed to be, but you can feel it. I don't like that. Yeah, some people are more sensitive than other people, though. Some people are sick the whole time. I do get know? seasick, so like that's Oh, well, then cruises are probably not for you, Ben. Well, if I take some Dramamine, I should be okay. No, then you'll just be drunk and discombobulated the whole time. Yeah, that could be true. I'm trying to talk you out of going on a cruise because I think it's very dangerous. I know, but I really want to take an Alaskan Northern Cruise or Northern Lights Cruise. Just give up on that dream. I'm. This is what I'm here for you. I'm your best friend. I'm here to encourage <laughs> you to give up on your dreams. Will, will you go with me? No, absolutely not. Can I encourage you to go with me? No. In fact, I don't even have any ideas that I want to even see the Northern Lights because I think that's weird too. Like, what is it? You know? Um, I don't know exactly, but I know that um, it's beautiful and that seems really cool. Yeah. Well, I've seen pictures of it, so it's fine. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same. Our so, last, the last photo in, in the line of photos we put up on Instagram should be the Northern Lights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So Amy is going to stay on the balcony. Brad goes to bed. Around 5.30 in the morning, Ron wakes up and he looks outside. He sees Amy like on a lounge chair on the balcony and he looks over. He sees Brad's in his bed. So he's like, okay, cool. My kids are safe. He goes back to bed. He falls asleep for like another half an hour or so. And at 6 a.m., at this point, the boat is like docking in Curacao. And Ron wakes up and doesn't see Amy on the balcony. So he assumes that she went up to the upper deck to get coffee or take pictures of the island or something because she was really into photography. Like, she brought, like, 16 rolls of film with her on this trip. Like, she was really into taking pictures. Parental instinct might have been kicking in at this point or something because he doesn't really know where she is, but he feels like he needs to go look for her, like, right away. So he heads up to the upper deck where he thinks she might be, and he doesn't see her. He starts searching around the ship in her normal locations. Like, when you're on a cruise, there's like, okay, this is where people eat, this is the pool area. Like, you know where people generally are, like, hanging out. Well, yeah, and if there's, like, a 24-hour club, too, like, you probably go there, one of your first stops, I would imagine, because people are awake there. You You know there's people hanging out. Right. So he checks all the places that he thinks she might be and she's not there. And he full on panics. He doesn't go back to his room like, oh, maybe she came back while I was got like, obviously some sort of instinct kicked in because he went into panic mode. He asked the boat security to page her or make an announcement and they won't because they're like, hey, man, relax. You saw her like 20 minutes ago. And he's like, yeah, I know, but I can't find her. Like, I need you to page her. And they were just kind of like, eh, don't worry about it. She'll show up. So he goes back to their room and he wakes up Iva and Brad and they all start searching the ship. He's like, you two need to get up. We got to find Amy. Well, and I mean, like, I it's it, the cruise isn't wrong, you know, like I would assume kind of the same thing. Like, dude, she yeah. she's probably just doing something else. But also you're a parent with an instinct like eh, that's such a hard back and forth. Yeah. So after a while more of searching the ship, they beg the captain to do like a formal search and to make an announcement before they let anybody off the ship. Because by this point, the boat is docked in Curacao, and they're getting ready to open the gangplanks. But the captain says, uh, no, we're not doing that. I'm not alarming my passengers on their vacation. Oh, yeah. But he does say that he will search the ship. It, it makes perfect sense why the captain's like, uh, we're not doing that. Yeah. At this point, you know, like maybe down. At like, this point, yes. Right. So the cruise liner's being searched. While it's being searched by the captain's security team, 
thousands of passengers get off in Curacao. Like just mass exodus from the ship. Everybody's off. And no sign of Amy is found anywhere on the ship. So at the end of the day, the family has to make like a really hard choice. They either get back on the boat and go with the boat or they stay in Curacao to look for her in Curacao. That's crazy. Those are those are crazy decisions to have to make. Yeah. And my first instinct is like split up. Somebody stay in Curacao, somebody go with the boat. But then it's like, oh, man. Yeah. You're not going to once you've lost one kid, you're not splitting up from the other kids. Yeah. Like there's no way. Totally. Totally. Yeah. You can't. My first instinct, I was like, divide and conquer. But then I was like, oh, no, that's not safe. Don't do that. But they decide that since the captain told them that every nook and cranny of the boat had been searched, that they would stay off in Curacao because they're like, she was obviously taken off the ship because she's not on the ship. Sure. So they let the boat leave and they're not on it. And they try to contact the U.S. Embassy, which is closed. And so they try to contact the FBI back in the United States and agents make it to the island the next day. But I mean, it would take till the next day. So they search all night long on this island that they've never been to, don't know anything about, you know, like that (laughs) had to have been the scariest thing I've ever heard. I'm sure it was terrifying. Like I'm already kind of sketched out just like listening to it. Yeah. This is around the time that the FBI, when they start to get involved and they're making their way to the island, they find out that the captain did not do a thorough search of the ship. He only had his men search the common areas. And the Bradleys are like, what? Like, we already searched the common area. If she was in a common area, somebody would have seen her. Like, they thought the captain had done a thorough search of the ship, and he had, but he told them he had. Yeah. What's your opinion on that? Because, like, again, I can kind of see the captain's thought on it. Like, look, it's not, it hasn't been that long. She's 23. You know, she can do her own thing. You know, but, like, also, we have a frantic family, and we have no idea where she is. Like... I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Sure, of course. Because it's like now it's easy for me to be like, well, if I was the captain, I would have at least searched the crew member staterooms. Yeah. But I think that because of what happens in this case. So exactly. Like I, at the time, I don't know what the right answer would have been, but I don't think lying to the family was ever the right answer. Like he should have told yeah. them the search they did. That way they could have made a better choice whether to stay on or get off. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I... I 100% agree. And I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they did a thorough sh- search of the ship except the crew members' quarters. Yeah. Anyway, this is when the Bradleys and the FBI agents kind of come together and they go, look, we need to get back on that ship because they didn't search it. So they book it to St. Thomas, which is like the next ship's port. Uh-huh. The FBI and the family get back on the ship and the FBI finally does like an actual thorough search of the ship but by this point there's no sign of amy of course not you know i mean yeah they've already gone to where they need to be they've let people on and off back and forth like of course there's no sign of her yep so they interview people on the ship and a couple of the girls said that they saw amy that morning that she went missing at like around 5 45 6 a.m which would have been around the time she went missing And these girls say that they've been looking for the Brad. They're like, we've been looking for you for two days to try to tell you this, you know, and they're like, oh, sorry, we sort of got left in Curacao for a minute. And so these girls were telling them that Amy was hanging out with a bass player from the ship's band. And this bass player's nickname is Yellow, and he's in a band called Blue Orchid. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Bass players are always a little off. Just yeah, this for guy. reference, yeah. His real name is Alistair, 
So oh. Alistair Douglas. Alistair. Yeah, so that's what I'll be refer I'm not gonna call anybody yellow. <laughs> it's stupid. So they start looking into this Alistair Douglas fellow. And they f- figured out that he's the bass player for the band. He was from Grenada. And it turns out that Amy had been talking and dancing with him at the club earlier the evening before she went missing. So when everybody starts talking about this Alistair Douglas guy, Brad remembers that that morning that they were searching for Amy, Alistair said something creepy to him. It was like 6, 7 a.m., you know, around the time where they were searching for her, but nobody knew except the family that she was missing. And he came up to Brad and said, sorry about your sister, man. And at the time, Brad, like Brad was out of, he was looking for his sister. He was out of, he didn't really pay attention. But thinking back on it now, it's like, how did he know my sister was missing? Yeah, because they hadn't made a full announcement yet. No, the captain refused to. Right. So the FBI pulls him in for questioning and they're like, how did you know that Amy was missing before it was announced? And he denied saying that. He just said, oh, I didn't say that to Brad. Interesting. Yeah, he just totally changed his story and said he didn't say that. So the FBI brings in a polygrapher. A what? A, a polygrapher. A polygraph examiner. Oh, I had no idea that was their title name. I, maybe I made that up. Uh, if you did, it's great. <laughs> so run with it. I feel like they're called polygraphers. Well, if they're not, they sure are now. Or are those the people that marry a lot of wives? Those are polygamists. Right. I don't know. A polygraph examiner. We're going to go with that. <laughs> So they bring a polygraph examiner on board and they interview him, this Alistair Douglas character. And no idea if he passed or failed. They don't really say that. But he taunted the family when he came out of the interview room. He smiled at the family and gave them like a thumbs up like, hey, I'm all good. We weren't worried about you, dude. (laughs) You know? Well, and it's just like the nerve, you know? like Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like these people are in turmoil yeah they're frantic and you're like giving them a thumbs up the interview i saw iva bradley said that they practically had to hold ron back i'm like yeah no kidding fair enough so after they start looking into this kind of timeline of what went on the night before she went missing iva remembered that after dinner the night before they tried to buy some of the pictures of the family from the ship's photographer but every photo of amy was missing that is so bizarre. Like, who, well, is somebody buying these photos, which I think makes the most sense. No, the photographer said no. The photographer said no? See, what they do on cruise ships is they, they take pictures all throughout your trip or whatever, and then they give you, like, a number thing where you can go on and look at all your pictures, and you can buy, now it's online, but back then they used to print, like, small versions of them and put them on this big board, and then you could go to the board and go, okay, here's my picture, here's my picture, and then you could buy a bigger print of them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And they put it in, like, one of those stupid little paper frames that say, like, We went to the Caribbean or whatever. (laughs) Some dumb shit that it says on it. So the thought is that somebody stole them then. Yes. The photographer says he remembers specifically printing the pictures because he took the pictures. He put them on the board. He did everything, you know, but nobody bought the pictures. Who would buy them besides the Bradleys anyway? And then if somebody did buy them, he would have remembered reprinting them in a bigger size and selling them to somebody. Right. Yeah. And he doesn't. He's like, I don't know what happened to him. Well, and what makes this even more interesting is this is obviously the last or the most recent photos of Amy. So, correct. you know, if they were going to show them off, like they'd probably use those because 
like we said, like they're the most recent ones, but now there's nothing to go off of. And it was hours before she went missing. So it's not like the FBI ran up to this board and took all the pictures of Amy to pass around the ship or anything. Like this was the day before she went missing that her, her pictures all are gone. Right. So like this is calculated. Obviously, I mean, they're planning to take this this person. Yeah. So the Bradleys also remember a waiter at dinner one of the first nights that they were on the ship asking Amy if she wanted to go out with him when they got to Aruba. Like asking her to go out to a club with him. I would think that'd be a little like against the rules, right? I mean, like Right? That's what I was I was like, how is that not not allowed? Are there just no I mean, I know that like in the ocean there's like international laws and stuff like that but like they're no like courtesy law no not courtesy but um policies like for the ship you would think so there you go exactly aren't there any like policies in place on like crew members dating passengers or something like that yeah it's like passengers don't go on a cruise to get hit on by creepy waiters the whole time like i'd be pissed <laughs> yeah well I'd especially too well especially too because amy like makes mention that he's kind of a weirdo and like she doesn't want to hang out with him you know yeah. And he wanted to take her to a bar called Carlos and Charlie's in Aruba. That was the last bar that Natalie Holloway was seen at. Oh, whoa. Now, see that. But but this is 1998. Natalie Holloway didn't go missing until 2005. Right. So at the time, it didn't have that reputation. But okay. Like, so, right. No red flag right now. But. But that's kind of weird, right? Same bar. We're starting to, well, yeah, we're, you know, now that we're in the in the future, we're able to kind of piece some of those things together and think that this is probably where people are, like, passing women off. Yeah. That's exactly, my first connection was like, oh, that's where they meet. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. This is where it, this is where it happens. It's the exchange. Yeah, so Amy doesn't go with him, obviously, because she's like, no, I'm not dating. First of all, she has a boyfriend. Second of all, she's like, I'm not going to go on a date with a guy from a cruise ship. Like, I'm not, okay. But all of these things are coming together, and it's starting to look like an orchestrated kidnapping. But the FBI doesn't have jurisdiction or the evidence to arrest anybody, and the ship's crew was still being like, well, maybe she got off at port, or maybe she jumped overboard. They were like, not only not helpful, they kind of hindered the investigation a bunch. Because they don't want a bad reputation, which yeah. they have. <laughs> right, of course. You know, they don't want to make it worse by another person going missing or another person getting sexually assaulted. Or So eventually, a week later, the ship docked back in Puerto Rico where it started, and everybody got off, and the Bradleys had to go home without Amy. I, what a nightmare. Like, this is a family's worst fear. This is anyone's worst fear that, like, you're leaving for a vacation and you're coming back one short. Like, yeah, that's not how it works. You know no, what I mean? Like. I can't, I mean, you have to go home and, like, plan and prepare and stuff. You can't just, like, stay there. But it's like, how do you go home without your daughter? Like, oh, my gosh. I I can't even imagine, like. Torture. Uh, I guess we just pack up and leave now. Like, yeah. you know she's not on that cruise ship. Like, how do you yeah. turn your back? Because yeah. that's what, I mean, essentially what you'd be doing. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's devastating. But they immediately set up shop when they get home. They set up a website. Their home turns into like a what? Like a command center. Yeah. And they get local news coverage and then national news coverage. They set up a two hundred thousand dollar reward fund for Amy. And then a few weeks later, Brad and Ron go back to Curacao to pass out flyers, tell everybody about the reward, and look for Amy. Because they're thinking like if she was kidnapped, maybe this two hundred thousand dollars is enough for somebody to be like, "Here's your daughter. Let me have the money." Yeah. 
Because they're pretty convinced at this point that she was kidnapped. Me too. Yeah, I know. Me too. I mean, what else? I I don't think there is anything else. Unless she fell overboard, but I feel like that's not really yeah. a viable option. So, Well, especially after all this stuff comes out. So once they get there, they meet a cab driver that says that he saw Amy the morning the ship docked. He'll never forget her because she ran up to him and asked him where the nearest phone was. And he said she was kind of panicked. And he says that he'll never forget her green eyes. And Amy has green eyes. That's something only somebody who ran into her probably would know, you know? Right. Like, I tried looking at photos and stuff, and because they're from 25 years ago. Like, you can't tell what color her eyes yeah. are in the photos. Now, on a missing persons flyer, it might have had her eyes listed as green. I don't know. You know, like in the flyers they were handing out, it might have said it on there, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But either way, the Bradleys feel like they're on the right track because... This guy says he saw her, you know, and they're like, okay, she was here. So they keep searching. The local authorities actually help them, like, as much as they can. That's great. They don't get any leads for the next, like, four days, but they still check everywhere, like, seedy areas, boats, huts, houses. Do we know, did did they have somebody, like, taking them around to check these places out? Yeah. Oh, okay. The local police, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were helpful, as far as I could tell, from at least on the surface. Obviously, they didn't find her, so they weren't that helpful. Curacao is an interesting place because it's a protectorate or something of the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different languages that are spoken on Curacao. Yeah. yeah, which is another big hurdle. Right, but that's why I asked if they had someone to go with them because not everybody speaks English. Yeah, they did. The local police helped them, and they searched everywhere. And four days into this search, Brad hears Amy scream his name. What? Yeah. So... They flip a U-turn and they chase down the van that had passed them when he heard Amy yell his name. And he says he knows it was Amy. Like, he's like, I, you know the way your sister calls your name. He's like, she's been calling my name my whole life. Like, right. I, I know the way she calls my name. So they chase down this van through the streets of Curacao. And when they finally catch up to it, it's just a guy alone in his van. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, so Brad thinks that they either chased the wrong car down or he heard what he wanted to hear and he didn't actually hear Amy. Is there also like a scenario of like maybe she wasn't in the van but like behind it? Yeah, that's what he thinks. Like they chased the wrong thing. Like where he thought he heard her scream from was that van, but maybe it was somewhere else. So in an interview that I saw with him, that's what he was saying. He's like, we either chased down the wrong van or I didn't hear what I thought I heard. I heard what I wanted to hear. Oh, that's so tough. That's so tough. It is tough. So they stay for a few more days and then they head home. I mean, they searched the whole island. It's not very big. They went everywhere they could go and they weren't getting any more leads. So they head back home and they keep trying to get the word out and spread Amy's story as much as possible. I, I mean, as you should. Like, what else are they going to do, you know? Yeah. So right when they get home from this trip to Curacao, the authorities from Curacao call and tell them that they found a body on the beach and that the authorities think it might be Amy. And so, of course, they're devastated and it takes two days or something in agony but the body would turn out to be male and it wasn't a oh. body it was a piece of a spine and a pelvic girdle but it wasn't amy's jeez but it would be over a year before the next credible tip would come in so may of 1999 she went missing in march of 98 
a Canadian scuba diver named David saw a segment about Amy on TV and he calls in a tip. And he says that in August, so five months after she disappeared, he was scuba diving in Curacao. And after the dive, he was like rinsing off his gear on the beach. And a woman was walking towards him with two men. And when she heard him speaking English to his other scuba diving friends, she started walking super quick towards him like she was going to say something. But before she could get to him, the two men that she was with kind of like grabbed her by the arm and ushered her away. Yeah, they were like, nope, not doing that. We hear the English too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We don't speak that as well as you do, so we're gone. And so they ushered her into a cafe, like around the corner. And this guy, David, decided to follow them because he's like, that was strange. Like, I didn't like the way that feels. So he followed them to this cafe and was kind of watching her from across the room. And he says that it seemed like to him that she was trying to talk to him without talking to him. Like, she was looking at him and, like, when she could. And she was trying to, like, show him her tattoos. Like, pull her shirt back or pull her dress up or whatever and show him her tattoos. What kind of tattoos did she have again? She has a Tasmanian devil with a basketball spinning on his finger on her shoulder and a Chinese symbol on her right ankle and a gecko around her belly button. A gecko around her belly button. I know. Okay. That one made me laugh, too. I was like, ah, that's not such a great choice, Amy, but it was 1990. <laughs> 90s were a wild time. Yeah, yeah. what are you going to do? Lawless land. Yeah. So David was not interested in the reward money or anything. He was just adamant that he saw Amy. He didn't know, obviously, at the time that she was a missing person. He didn't know until he saw her segment on TV months later. And he was like, oh, my God, that's the girl I saw in Curacao that was trying to show me her tattoos, you know? God, the he probably feels so bad now. Obviously, he didn't know, but yeah, you know, you think about that. I'm sure that just weighs on him. It's like, dude, I had the opportunity to, you yeah. know, to do something, and I, he didn't know, but you know, yeah. still, he had. An He's opportunity. like the least problematic one in this too, because everybody else knew. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, so the Curacao police follow up on this, but they have nowhere to start. You know, this guy's like, look, it was on a beach in Curacao, and we went into this cafe. So the police go into the cafe, and they're like, you seen this lady? They're like, no. And they're like, okay, okay. <laughs> where do we okay, go from bye. there? Yeah, like they yeah. have nowhere to start, you know. So then another few months passes with no- nothing, and a man named Frank Jones calls the Bradleys. And Frank is an expert in human trafficking and a private investigator, and he tells the Bradleys that he's found out where Amy's being held in Curacao, and that it's by Colombian gangsters who are trafficking her. Wow, what a find. Yeah, and Jones is a special forces like an ex-special forces guy, and he has, like, experience in rescuing people from these trafficking rings. But it was going to cost a lot of money. The Bradleys don't care. They're like, okay. And they just start sending Jones tons of money, like over $100,000. And he keeps the Bradleys informed over the next year or two and sends them a few pictures of Amy on the beach. Like, he's watching her, and he's trying to figure out how he's going to rescue her from this ring. In these pictures, you could see her tattoos and everything. And he's like, look, you know. So right before he's ready to extract Amy, he tells the Bradleys to be ready. Like, be ready and in place in Miami to take custody of her immediately. So Iva gets doctor's appointments set up. The family goes to a hotel in Miami and waits there for like a week. Ron's boss has a private jet on standby to get the whole family out of there when Jones gets Amy. Like, they really get everything in place. 
Well, yeah. I mean, you got to do everything you can to get your daughter back. Like, everything. Yeah. And they're just sitting in this hotel for days. Iva said she didn't leave the hotel for a week. Like, the room. Because they were just waiting for this phone call. And then it comes. But he doesn't have Amy. He needs another $100,000 to finish the job. And the Bradleys don't have it. They've given everything to him already. So Ron's boss, like you said, his employees are fantastic. Like, I want to work for this company. Ron's boss. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Says, I'll pay it. If it'll get Amy back, I'll pay it right now. Let's do this. That's incredible. But his boss is no dummy. Before he pays it, he sends his own securities expert down to Curacao. And this guy's name is Tim Buckholes. He sends him down there to look into this Frank Jones and make sure he really does have a line on Amy and everything, you know. So Tim goes down there only to find out that this asshole has been just chilling on a beach drinking Mai Tais, telling the Bradleys that he's got a line on their daughter when he doesn't, just using their money to live on the island and have a good time. How do you even, like, come up with a plan like this, and how do you carry it out and feel okay about yourself? Like, right? I couldn't imagine being like, yeah, no, I just scammed those people out of hundreds of thousands of dollars Yeah, and just live my best life. Fuck that guy. The whole thing was fake. Yeah. Even the pictures. The tattoos were fake. Everything. Like, he had stencils put on a girl that he hired that was, like, the same stature as Amy and put fake tattoos on her and took pictures. It's like, oh, my God. People go way out of the way to, like, not do the right thing. It's like, dude, just doing the right thing would have been so much easier. Just do that. Yeah. Just find her. Yeah. Like, all this extra effort feels like, geez. But anyway, the whole thing was faked. He conned the Bradleys and the Missing Persons Fund and Ron's boss out of more than $200,000 in the end. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So they're not only back at square one, but they've wasted a boatload of money and time. Oh, man. And resources. And other people's money, too. It's not like, you know, like, so they're, they're feeling terrible on top of right. all of this because they've wasted their boss's money, you know, for... Because they trusted some somebody they should have trusted. Like, you absolutely should have trusted yeah. this guy. And he ended up being a complete jackass. Well, and the time that they've... I mean, they've, they've spent two years thinking that this Frank Jones guy knew where Amy was. Like, were there tips that came in over that two years that they kind of, like, backburnered because... They were like, uh, they had something more. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is crucial time, like in the first couple of years of her missing. I've never heard if there was any kind of like consequence that came down to him for any of this. Was there or did he just get off scot-free for spending two years living it up in the Caribbean? No, no, no. He got charged with federal mail fraud and he served five years in a Virginia prison. Oh, wow. I feel like it should have been more than five years. But yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, that feels more like 20, but OK. And he was forced to pay restitution, but he'll never be able to pay back that much money. He's a loser. I mean, obviously, if he spent two years conning a family of a missing girl. Right. He doesn't even have a real job. Yeah. Obviously, it turns out he was never in the special forces and he was not really a private image. Like he was just a con man all around. So they're never going to get any of that money back. But the, like I said, the worst part is the time. Of course. They lost over two years with this buffoon. Oh, my gosh. They're, they're poor hearts. Like, they just must be at their ankles at this point. Yeah. Well, and like you said, how do you trust anybody after that? Like, you have to trust people in situations like this. You know, you need help. Oh, totally. And, like, way above your pay grade. Yeah, and now they're going to have a hard time trusting people. Oh, my gosh. It just sucks. After this Frank debacle, another tip comes in. This one is from a Navy officer that made a stop in Curacao. 
and decided to break the rules a little bit when he got off his Navy ship. And he headed to a local brothel, which is not allowed. It's not? Like, like no. in a different country, you're not allowed to like jump off no. and like, really? Huh? I oh, you're allowed to jump off and explore. Like, that's right. part of the, yeah, of course you're allowed to, to get off. But there's very strict rules about foreign conduct by, because they got a bad rep. Years and years ago when they all they were doing was going to brothels and... Yeah, I guess. Now it's like super against the rules because it looks... It, they represent our country and it looks bad. Sure. So yeah, it is super against the rules now. But he said a white woman who matched Amy's description came up to him in this brothel and said, my name is Amy Bradley and I need your help. And he said, what do you mean? Like, what do you need my help with? And she said, I can't get out of here. And then she was pulled away. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this should be where the FBI storms the brothel and breaks up a sex trafficking ring and rescues a bunch of women and arrests the bad guys. I would love that. I would love that kind of ending. Yeah, of course. But this Navy officer was scared to report it because he wasn't supposed to be in that brothel. Oh, man. So instead uh... of calling in an anonymous tip, you know, or risking a court martial or some sort of reprimand, he just does nothing. Is a court martial just going on, going to like court in the Navy? That's just all it is. I don't know what it means, but either way, this guy does nothing because he's scared of it. So he just goes back to his ship and never says anything until he retires from the Navy, and then two years later he calls it in. Like, thanks, Jack. That doesn't help. Well, like, what? But what was it eating at him, or what? Like, did it was it just on his mind for two years? Like, what was it that finally made him? confess or cave or whatever i don't know probably the reward money i feel like that's what a lot of these people like they think they're gonna get paid for whether their information is real or not like i'm i don't i don't necessarily know that this guy's is real or fake or whatever but i mean he's an asshole either way what if it's real it's worse if it's fake he's just trying to con a family like frank jones did but if it's real then a woman asked him for help in a really desperate situation and he didn't help Yeah, he just held on for two years and went, oop, I don't want to get in trouble. So by the time the authorities go to search this brothel, it had burned down. The Bradleys said in an interview that that was common. Like a lot of places that they would go to track down tips and leads and stuff, they'd get there and it'd be burned down. So I wonder how many people were being trafficked through this thing for them to burn something down. If it was just one, if it was just Amy Bradley, they're not burning it down. But it must have been just covered with evidence and people and so much that they shouldn't have been doing. Well, I think the implication, too, is there's a lot of rival gang stuff going on. Oh. So, like, they're burning each other's buildings down. and st- Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, I guess that does make sense. Yeah. More than, like, covering up evidence, it's more like it's just kind of a shit show, you know? And I'm sure their building and fire codes are super, like, up-to-date in these illegal brothels. (laughs) (laughs) So even just normal accidental fires, I'm sure, are more likely because I'm sure they don't have fire extinguishers or anything, you know? Totally. Yeah. So this is three years or more out from her disappearance now, and they have nothing except all these tiny little sightings from three years ago and jerks that are lying to them. And I mean, this sucks, but the Bradleys don't give up the fight for Amy. And over the next couple of years, no more real bogus tips come in, or at least none that they've really reported on. In fact, like almost nothing comes. And then all of a sudden, an anonymous email is sent to the Bradleys, and it's pictures that someone found online advertising a sex worker named Jazz, and the resemblance is uncanny. Yeah, 
It is. It's it's her, you know, like it's got to be. I mean, the position of the woman in these photos, you can't see any of Amy's tattoos, so it's not certain. But they look like they could be pictures of Amy seven years after she's been abducted. I mean, the woman has longer hair and she's wearing a lot of makeup, but it is striking. Yeah, of course she has longer hair, too. I mean, because Amy had short hair in on the boat. Yeah, really short. Yeah, of course they've like grown her hair out and made her, you know, not look like what she did then. Right. And even more frightening when they do more research on these pictures, it turns out they're from an adult website in the Caribbean. Oh, no way. Yeah, and it's a white woman. Like I mean, yeah. It's kind of interesting. So the Bradleys want to be sure before they go down another 2-year rabbit hole and waste a ton of money. So they hire a forensic detective to analyze these photos and he compares them to different known photos of Amy and he finds that almost every feature is a perfect match. Yeah. From like the length and the shape of her eyebrows to her cheekbones, the bridge and the tip of her nose, even the ear and how many ear piercings she has, like everything is Amy. Like it all matches. I completely agree. I mean, I'm looking at them right now and I mean, it's, they're very similar. Like, yeah, if it's not her, it's her. (laughs) I I know. I mean, this detective says with a hundred percent certainty, it's Amy. He says he would bet his career on it, that it's Amy. Wow. Yeah. So And then now there's a lot of people, though, who don't think it is Amy. Really? Yeah. But the Bradleys do, and the FBI does, and the detective does, and, you know, so it's like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm looking at a side-by-side right now. I know. And the mouth is perfect. The nose is right on. The cheekbones. The eyebrows do look a little bit different, but I mean. She's also wearing a ton of makeup. Totally. Yeah. I'm thinking it's her. The eyes look so similar, too. Yep. So the FBI tries to track down this IP address that this came from, but they have no luck. And I've never heard that they've tracked down this jazz either. That's the other thing is if it isn't her, who is this lady? Wouldn't they be able to find this lady then? That's a fantastic point. Like if it's not her, it's probably somebody else in a ring, you know, like. But but even if it's not, not what I'm saying is like, if it's not her, then find this jazz lady. An interviewer and ask her, are you Amy Bradley? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if it's not her, find who it is, you know, but they've never been able to. So the picks don't really lead anywhere, but they do confirm to Iva and Ron that their daughter is still alive seven years after she goes missing, which I think is incredible. Yeah, I would have thought after, you know, a couple years they would have been done with this. Yep. Her captors, not her parents, her captors. Of course. Yeah. So her parents start a new media campaign with these pictures. They go on Dr. Phil. They release them on the internet, like all kinds of stuff. And after all of this stuff, another lead comes in in late 2005. A lady named Judy saw the pics on TV and remembers talking to this girl when she was on vacation in Barbados a few months before. She went into a restroom in a department store and while she was in the stall, she heard men come in and she got really scared because she's in a foreign country and she hears men come yeah. in the women's restroom. So she jumped sure. up on the toilet seat like she put her feet up and everything and just hid in the stall. And she heard the men say to a woman that the deal was at 11 o'clock and she better cooperate. Hmm. And this was his deal and she can't mess it up. And I guess he just kept saying this over and over and over. And then he finally left. And when she heard him leave, she opened the stall door and there was a woman at the sink. And she said the woman looked like she was about to cry. So she tried talking to her and she's like, hey, what's your name? And the girl said her name was Amy. 
And when the lady clapped back, oh, my daughter's name is Amy, she said the girl got horrified and, like, started coming towards her, like, trying to shush her because she said her name really loud. And the lady says this is when the men opened the door and Judy got really scared, so she rushed past the four men and never saw the girl again. Oh, my God. But she thinks that that girl was the girl in the photos, Jazz, and she thinks it was Amy because the girl told her her name was Amy. This is so gut-wrenching because it's, like, so close every time. But she's always also under, like, high security, too. Mm -hmm. But at least we know as of 2005, she's still alive. Yeah. But that was 17 years ago now. And that was the last real confirmed. I mean, none of these are confirmed because they haven't been able to find her. But that was the last like kind of credible sighting. Wow. So no one has no one's seen her or reported seeing her at least since then. No. And what's really sad, too, is there was three or four in that first seven, eight years. Right. And now there's been nothing. So that's kind of sad. But there was a human jawbone believed to belong to a Caucasian found in 2010 in Aruba. Right away, they confirmed that that jawbone was not Natalie Holloway, which is the other missing girl from Aruba. Yeah, right. But they've never publicly ruled out anybody else. There's nine other Caucasian people known to be missing from the same area, and they've never ruled out any of them or Amy. I mean, have they even done the DNA? No. No, no DNA testing, nothing. I don't understand why we don't just do DNA testing and... See if we can figure it out, you know, like at least rule some things out if if it comes out not Amy. Okay, cool. But we know it's not her. Right. I don't know. I mean, I get like funding issues and stuff like that. But I the curiosity, like if I was a police officer and we had this jawbone, it'd be like, I have to know whose jawbone this is. Like, absolutely. I would think the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, Amy was declared legally dead in 2010, although her family believes she's still alive and being held captive. Really? They still think she's still alive, even though no one's seen her? Yeah. I believe they had to declare her legally dead for, like, other reasons, like, to deal with things. They had to declare her dead, but they think she's alive. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I get. I totally get it. I mean, I'm super happy that they think she's alive, because I, at the very least, want to think she's alive as well, so. Yeah. If they hold out hope, so will I. Yeah, and if she was, she'd be 48 years old now, and she's been missing for almost 25 years. That's crazy. So the main theories on this case are that she fell overboard, she jumped, something happened to her on the ship and she was thrown over, or she was sex trafficked. Well. And I think there's really only two viable options out of those. Say, what's your theory on that? Yeah, well, I don't think she fell overboard. I mean, they have railings. They have, I've been on cruise ships. It's not that easy to fall overboard. And I don't think she would have jumped. Like, I, there was no reason to think she was suicidal in any way. Yeah, I don't think she jumped or was suicidal either. Yeah. So either something happened to her on the ship and she was thrown over or she was sex trafficked. Do you have an opinion that's stronger than the other? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) All right. What is it? Okay. So I think that these ships are known sometimes for the crew members on these ships to be spotters for trafficking rings. Right. Like these... Cruise ships are not known to pay well or anything like that. So it's pretty common that these guys are paid to do other things while they're on the ship. Amy's missing photos, the fact the crew was overly interested in her, the sightings over the years. I mean, I think she was trafficked. I do. I think all signs really strongly point to that, you know, with everything we know. And like, I know that's all alleged and nothing's confirmed, Mm -hmm. but it certainly 
leads one to highly suspect that that's probably the case. And it's yeah. so sad. Like, you know, and the thing too is she was super uncomfortable with going on this thing to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, and they, she had to be talked into it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm sure her family feels so bad that they talked her into it. You know, like they were like, yeah, of course. Like, let's just go. It's going to have a good time. Cause who would expect not to have a good time and then right. to have it end up like this? I mean, just this is a tragic story in every single way. There's nothing about this that's like, ah, oh, it's not so bad. Like, it's all bad. <laughs> it's all it's so all bad. bad. And I don't know that if something did happen to her on the ship before Carousel, like some, say something bad happened, I don't think that they could have prevented it from happening. But I think if the cruise ship would have handled it better, they might have been able to find her. So say something did happen to her and she was in somebody's room, whether it be a crew member or another passenger or whatever. Uh-huh. If they would have searched, they could have at least found her body. Before somebody had a chance yeah. to throw it over. Because you can't throw a body over when you're in port. Somebody's going to see it. Definitely. They had to have waited until they left Curacao and were on their way to St. Thomas before they got rid of it. If that's what happened. Which is possible. I just still think it's more likely she was kidnapped. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that it would have been easy. Because a lot of people are like, well, how did they get her off the ship? If she was alive and they sex trafficked her, how did they get her? I'm like, they have ways. They could have drugged her and put her in a trash cart. That's exactly right. You know, the the crew comes and goes freely. Yeah. Like, no one's really looking at the crew because they're the crew. They know them. They're, like, they're not scanning their IDs. They're not doing anything. They, I don't even know if it was on video. I mean, this is 1998 security cameras. There was cameras on this ship, but they didn't have a lot of them and they didn't catch everything, you know? Right. So it's like, I doubt they have security cameras, but as soon as they dock in these ports, it's hours before... The passengers are allowed off, but the crew is coming on and off, taking trash, food, you know, they're taking all the waste off and taking all the supplies on. I don't know. I think it would have been easy for a crew member to get her off that ship. I I, I mean, I think it would have been extremely easy. And to that point, too, I think that this isn't just a one man operation. I think it's no. a there's a lot of people involved. And so I'm sure more than one person knew what was going on and, you know, the right people in the right places yep. to get her on or I guess off. Yep. So if you guys want to see these pictures of Jazz and other pictures of Amy and her family from this cruise and decide for yourself if you think that this Jazz woman is Amy or not, head over to our Instagram or our TikTok and we'll put those pictures up. And if you're ever going to the Caribbean and you see Amy Lynn Bradley, don't wait. Let the FBI know immediately yeah like if you see something awkward why would you wait two years to call it in like just call it I don't in know. that's it's a very strange thing that's that's to me the only thing that makes me think that all these sightings are bullshit you think so i mean it wouldn't surprise me if it came out later that they were all bullshit that they're just people that wanted to be involved or reward money or you know what i mean yeah because it's like why would you wait so long I don't think you would. The only one that makes sense is the David guy because she didn't say anything to him about being in trouble. The scuba diver. Right. She didn't say anything to him about being in trouble and he didn't know anything about Amy's case. He didn't know her name, nothing. So it wasn't until he saw her missing person segment on TV that he put it all together and then he called. So that's the only one to me that I'm like, I understand how that chain of events worked. Yeah. But, like, all the other ones, like, the Navy guy, what an asshole, for one. Yeah. Yeah, and even the lady in the bathroom in Barbados, it's like, you had that encounter in a bathroom and you didn't tell anybody? 
Seriously, that's sketchy as hell. Like, and you didn't go home and search, like, Amy, Caribbean? Like, anything would have came up if you did a no. simple Google search. For, first and foremost, no. Nobody else is looking at it like that. You were doing that, and the crime sleuths that, that listen to this, they're doing that. But the average person absolutely is not doing that. But <laughs> the average person absolutely can tell somebody you know like that yeah that goes without saying but no nobody else is looking it up for sure interesting i would never even have thought to do that what i would think to do is to tell you and then see what your reaction would be which is i think we already have but yeah well anyway like we said go to our instagram and our tiktok and check out pictures of amy and if you're hanging around in the caribbean make sure you keep an eye out look for a girl with a spinning tasmanian devil tattoo with a basketball on her finger a gecko on her stomach and what was the other one a chinese symbol on her right ankle there you go so they even have one of those things let somebody know and i don't think that at 48 she's probably not being used for what she was used for at 23 yeah probably not but that doesn't mean that they've let her go either i mean that's not how that works so it's like she could be in some other capacity. Exactly, which I think is probably, if she's still alive, hopefully she's still alive, that's that's what she's doing. So keep your eyes peeled and don't go on any cruises, guys. Unless it's to Alaska to see the Northern Lights. No, even that, nope. But seriously, if you do go on cruises, don't go anywhere alone. I mean, Amy was with her entire family on this cruise and something bad still happened to her. Yeah, and especially never go anywhere alone. Yeah, ever. so... Even if you just think you're going to the casino or the dance club or whatever, just make just take a buddy. Friend system's the way to go. What is it's not the friend system, it's the buddy system. There we go. The buddy system's the way to go. Yep. All right, buddy. I think this is about it for this one. All right. Well, I love you. I will talk to I you. I love later. you too. All right. Bye. Bye.